Hello weeds new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice to the worldwide and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is our novice, Will. How are you this week, Will? I'm very good, thank you, Sam. I'm really pumped for this episode. I think it's been a while since we've technically recorded, hasn't it? Episodes, I'm yeah. hopefully, are all still in sync and still coming out weekly, but we've uh, had a little, of a little bit of a gap recording-wise, and yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm pumped to get into a a new episode. Before we get into what episode this is, for anyone who hasn't been here before, this is the show where we talk about anime. Sam's an expert, a weeb, I'm a noob, and we come together um, to form two sides of the same coin, and we discuss everything about a particular show that Sam gives us, or a movie, or just a general chat about anime. And um, yeah, we try and decide whether we can find shows that are good enough to show to a noob, uh, someone new to anime, that we can get them into the universe and get them hooked on Japanese animation. Yeah, with our two brain cells combined, we might just be able to do it as well. We've got a few contenders. We've come up with, we've what, this is episode 55 or something like that? 57, um, yeah. We're, 57? We're quite the, yeah. Bloody hell. Sitting on quite the stockpile of gateway shows that we can throw out there to aspiring anime watchers. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make a um, like what what are they called? It's not like a flyer, like a, a a document that you can hand people and say, "Here's your list." A pamphlet, like a pamphlet. Yeah, I feel like are there's recruiting a, a... people into a cult. I mean, after our previous conversation, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> which we're definitely not going to discuss on air so anyway um if you if you want to watch along if you want to um know if you want to keep up with what we're talking about we are watching the show violet Evergarden today and we've watched the first three episodes so uh if you want to stop and listen and if you want to stop listening and go watch it by all means do that just make sure you come back come back straight after and tell a friend oh and tell a friend tell a friend to do the, the exact same thing just tell them to watch the first three episodes of Violet Evergarden and then listen specifically to this podcast. That should be easy, right? Like that's a really easy thing to convince someone who doesn't do that already to do. I think, yeah. yeah I feel like a good friend, a good, honest friend would actually listen to that simple request. Three, yeah. three episodes, it's only an hour. And then a podcast. As, as we all know, people are really easy to convince to take on new hobbies and interests because <laughs> that's just how the human human motivation works someone tells you to do something and you think yeah that definitely suits my lifestyle we definitely yeah should do exactly what we're told and what we're ordered to do <laughs> sam what's violet evergarden and why should people watch it okay do you like good animation i love good animation i'm so glad I my case oh good yeah <laughs> thanks no okay so good animation is a big part of this it is stunningly animated by the people over at kyoto animation um, it is a interesting time period. It's kind of like this alternate universe, um, industrial post-war uh, European setting. Um, mm. Do you like letters? Not what, what kind of letters? Like the alphabet? I, I'm very good with my letters. I know there's 26 in the English one. Not very good with any other language. Although I think most European languages have 26 as well. That could yeah, be complete bollocks. I just know French has 26, I think. Yeah, I think German does as well, but they've got all the weird little inflections they put on the top of them. Anyway, yeah, written letters, letters that you send in the post I, to people. Oh, oh, like postal letters. Okay. Um, hmm. I, I loved I'd Postman Pat. An email. I loved Postman Pat as a kid. I think. Yeah? Yeah. His black and white cat. 
Yeah, I think that that was probably the prequel to this. This that was before the war. Postman Pat was before the war, and this is the oh the, my god the sequel. <laughs> I hope that Pat made it out all right. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's the big reveal at the end of the series. It just Postman Pat just strolls back in. Yeah, the little Ooh. red car trundles down the road towards the auto memory doll headquarters. Come on, Jess. I heard you needed a real postman. <laughs> oh my god, a gritty reboot of Postman Pat. That's what we all need. Oh yes, just like that... in JoJo art style. <laughs> like super buff. You haven't shown me JoJo yet, so I don't know what that means. But yes, absolutely. Um I think that'd be cool. He's got like his rugged cap that's like half covering one eye. He's got like he's buffed. Yeah, yeah. I'm well up for that. Let's do it. Fantastic. Unfortunately, we're not watching the gritty reboot of uh, Post and Pat today. We are going to be checking out Violet Evergarden. So should we actually get into the discussion of said show? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Well, do you want to give the listeners a brief overview then? What happens in these first three episodes of Violet Evergarden? Oh boy, do I. I I haven't actually written anything for this. I always forget. Like we agreed that I was going to like tell the story of the first three episodes um and ever since i've forgotten to actually write anything um so we meet violet who is mm-hmm. this um blank slate of a character who oh, is yeah. um uh, okay so very early on in these episodes they seem to go back on their narrative very quickly it's very confusing at the beginning because people say they are who they're not and then they change it and then um i don't know it it just doesn't it doesn't really it seems a bit jingle jangly but basically there's been a war she seems to have been some sort of weapon some sort of combat god participant yeah Yeah. she's like this child soldier during this war which we get no backstory of in these first three episodes we don't know how she became that we don't know how she's trained like that we Um, just get glimpses don't we we see like we get a very her fighting and we a, see like the end of her soldier career, but we don't really know how she came mm, to be like this yet. Yeah, because she's very young at this stage. She's still a, like a young a middle teen, like 50, 14, 15. I don't know. Yeah, she's not. I think she's 14. Yeah, she's not exactly old now. And this is after the four year war. So mm, four year war. Is that related mm. to real life at all? Um, da, da, and da. so that means, you know, she's getting trained before the age of 10 to be this machine that can kill anyway she loses her arms and then <laughs> oh boy does she oh boy does she and she gets given robot arms because robot arms are a thing in in this show and after the war <laughs> just got hamilton after playing in war. my head now um <laughs> after the war she um is sort of in the hospital she's learning she's, she wakes up after losing her arms and she's got these robot arms and mm. um she meets uh lieutenant hodgins hodgins yeah hodgins who basically takes her under his wing and oh my god again this is so hard to explain apparently she's in love with or there's a reciprocated love as well maybe from the major who was her commander in the war yeah she wants to basically go back and follow orders. She's just designed... She's been trained so much to be a war machine that she doesn't really know how to be a normal person. Mm. Lieutenant Hodgins sort of feels sorry for her. Clearly, the Major is dead from the beginning of episode oh, one. Yeah. 
and apparently that's a reveal and everybody is like he's never coming back and every time anybody mentions anything about him this is something that kind of grinds my gears a little bit is okay. how much people are just willing to just say oh he's not coming back when he's very very obviously dead <laughs> I, I mean like, stop pussyfooting around it the way Lieutenant Hodgins reacts, like they they zoom in on him, his clenched fists and yeah, his tension. Yeah, like when she asks where the major is, he's he's clearly he doesn't want to give the bad news that he's dead because this girl loves or has this infatuation with the major. Mm-hmm. We'll get into her character arc in a second. Um, yeah, but basically he takes. Oh my god, we haven't even got to the main main part of the story. Potato. Oh, so. We get so in in the premise is we've got a robot a, a now robotic like I don't know limbed um, fighting machine mm-hmm. post war trying <laughs> to fit into society and what role do we give her? Well, she's going to go type love letters for people who want love letters typed because. Most of the population is illiterate. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> what? It's very bizarre. Yeah. So, Violet is recruited by Hodgins to come to his company, which he started up after the war finished, which is essentially a post office because the, it's a public use um, post office because the military post isn't accessible for civilians. And he brings, initially, he brings Violet to two uh, sponsors. The Evergardens, who are, were going to look after her and kind of um, ah, yeah. house that, her okay, that makes raise sense. her. That helps. But that they are in the story for all of about three minutes. Again, there's some gloves, and then she just and then she's just living at the post office now. Yeah, like again, another just twist for no fucking reason. Like he's not even an officer anymore. He's working in his post office. He's given up his title of lieutenant or whatever. Um. And then they take her to that house and she's expected to live there forever and be happy. And she chases him out the door and is like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, I don't want to okay. You. Okay, Sh- come with sure. me. I'll take you. Here, have a have a plush toy. Pick one. Um, I mean, why couldn't that just be done? Yeah. Oh my God, the toy thing. <laughs> like, but before that, why couldn't they just do all of that at the hospital? Oh, I'm a, I was a lieutenant. I'm not a lieutenant anymore. I'm going to take you to live with the family. I don't want to live with the family. I want to find out about the major and stuff. Ah, oh, fine. That sounds really nice. Come live with me. They didn't have to, like, m- misdirect people. So, well, yeah. How would we get to see that she's completely incapable of reading social cues and actually is really blunt and to the point saying that she can't replace their dead son if we didn't have that scene? Um... Believe me, there's plenty of it in the first three episodes. Oh my god, is there? <laughs> she has no sense of social cues, like you say. But she doesn't even learn in the first three episodes that maybe she should think before speaking. She just blurts out whatever she wants. like. And then she has... An, okay, so are we going to talk about character first, or are we going to talk about the teddies first? I think... Let's, let's talk about character first, because I've, there's... Uh, for, the, for the titular character to have zero story arc progression in three mm. episodes. No, she does. 
She learns how to write a letter. I'd argue that skill set, not character growth, but pop up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, if we're going on skills, yeah, if we're, if we're separating skill set and character growth, <laughs> then she has zero character growth whatsoever. Yeah. Um, she's, and I get it, right? And it, and this is something that I think is very, maybe tricky to kind of weave into because obviously child soldier bad and mm. traumatizing and it's mm. a very tricky thing to unpick and to kind of to Lo- come back in and they, they covered it well in logan i think they did mm. yeah mm. and actually 86 um has dealt with that kind of um theme as well oh, okay. but here it's like she's so broken that absolutely nothing except for the major is able to pull her out of her doldrums. Like she's just walking through life, obeying orders and nothing at all is seemingly affecting her, not her friends, not her coworkers. The only thing is the pendant. And whenever anybody mentions the major or mentions the word love so that she can try and figure out stuff about the major. Like, yeah. Uh, not even I, I, food, not even like basic needs stimulate any response from her. And I find that very difficult to empathize with in yeah. the main character. And I know that it's supposed to be tricky. And I know that obviously terrible things happened and she has lots of trauma. But from a storytelling perspective, that's really difficult to have such an abrasive wall of emotionless doll as yeah. your POV. Yeah, I 100%. I don't think I could have said it better myself. I made the same sort of points. I don't... I, yeah, as a character, I've got nothing tangible to give a shit about. Like, mm. she she doesn't... She doesn't warm to any of the other characters. She doesn't sort of build any relationships. She's just focusing on this one weird, really weird thing. Like, I get that she had some sort of attachment to the the Major, but to invest that much like to make it your purpose to figure out what this phrase means is mm. so bizarre i guess you know mm. you can always argue okay the major had never said anything like this before it had always been factual and um in you know orders. instructional orders but if that's the case she wouldn't have formed an attachment i feel like he must have shown personality and must have shown some sort of empathy and <clears throat> some sort of um support for her other than some emotional sort of support other than just instructions because otherwise why is she getting so hung up on it like okay so he said this weird thing great he's still like unless he's opened himself up a bit unless there's been a relationship build there that's been beyond just purely instructional which we get which we i get there can be Mm. but But we just don't see it but but if 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 there is that relationship there she should also be better at social cues if she's Mm. got some sort of uh, i don't think you can have both i don't think you can have completely blank slate for 90 percent, except when we talk about the major because if the major was that positive a role model or that positive a person in her life she would have developed social cues yeah you'd you'd feel like some of that would leak into yeah her day-to-day and that she would be affected by other things and she would respond to other things and she'd actually start to find i don't know joy in something else but she doesn't seem to experience any emotion from anything but the major and i I know this kind of sounds like we're harping on the same point here but that is 
equally as much as the show harps on about this mm. every episode we have multiple examples between um her having to be ordered to eat her saluting everybody her weird comments about her nutritional intake and her hydration mm. requirements like yeah there's they, they constantly bat you over the head with the fact that she doesn't care about the same things that people do she doesn't have these attachments she just wants to do her job her role yet her role now she's self-decided her mission she's decided is to figure out what i love you means um Mm. which can only end badly seeing as the major's Uh, dead but yeah you know that it's going to lead to her being remarkably upset and everyone's again still tiptoeing around it Mm. yeah it's interesting that you say that she's not forming relationships with anybody because she isn't but people are forming relationships with her like yeah people are forming well because they have to because she's the protagonist yeah, she's got the plot armor to force people to be friends with her. Yeah, and she's she's pretty. So there we go. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> prettiness, I think, is something that you definitely can't hold against this show. It is stunning. It yeah. is a visual delight. Every moment has something going on. It's all wonderfully animated. Like it is. Honestly, I, so it's crazy to think that this was a weekly show, but then that's just what Kyoto Animation are known for. They're the same guys who did Dragon Maid. They're the guys who did a bunch of um, other super popular uh, stuff like A Silent Voice. The craftsmanship in making this story is incredible. Yeah. It's just a shame that maybe the characters and story aren't up to that level. Yeah, the, yeah, it was beautiful. From the, I was so optimistic going into this. I've got to, got to be honest. I, I went onto Netflix as, um, as it is a Netflix original. Did you know, Sam? Oh my god, don't get me started. Um, I won't. Um, and, <laughs> um, yeah, it was on most popular, and I was like, oh, yeah. it's on most popular. People are watching this. People are liking this. I'm gonna give. Uh, well, I'm obviously gonna give it a go. I've been told to give it a go. I'm excited. It looks. You've been like ordered, could... Will. I order you to watch this show. <laughs> it looks like it could have some some depth to it because we'd also spoken recently about you know wanting some more mature sort of maybe deeper shows or some more adult content. I can't remember the genre, whatever you call it. Senning, senning, and um, yeah. So I was quite excited, and then when it opened up. On, on, on sort of, I can't remember how it, how it opens, but it was beautiful. And all the way through, you've got beautiful backgrounds. You've got lovely character designs like that. The, the, the way the light hits everything. Oh, the lighting in the show is wonderful. I, um, I, I don't know whether I can 100% say that I like it, but I appreciated it. Um, cause there was, a, there was a weird moments in some of the early scenes where every character had this weird, yellow line that sort of ran down one side of them and i was like that's not how lighting mm. works um but hey but hey it was, it, like, it, it was a, do like a lens flare <laughs> yeah 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 they were it was like um it's a cool sty- stylistic thing and but i love like the hair the hair on every character was so detailed and so mm. flowing and multi-toned like um was it uh lieutenant hodgins with like he's got the ready sort of deep blood red hair or not even blood red it's almost like a burgundy hair color yeah and then it's got like the different shades like top and bottom just to add that shadow and depth really nice really nice and you've got like yeah 
I, I didn't get his name. You've got blonde hair dude who's got that. Gilbert. L- Gilbert. I love Gilbert's hair. Wait, he's, he's called really Gilbert. Long, str- the really long strand. The, the guy yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought, wait, isn't Gilbert. No, wait, the, no, I've got that Gilbert's wrong. The, Gilbert's, Gilbert's the, the name of the, of the major. It's the major. It's yeah. Benedict. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that that's bloody confusing, giving the two characters, the two main same characters, name. the same name. Uh, Benedict. Yeah. He's a little diva as well, isn't he? I he love has, him. Do you? He's, <laughs> there's, that, there's some really annoying moments with her, his relationship with, is it Catalia? Catalia, yeah. Where he's yeah. just sort of snubs her and dramatically just throws his head to the side and oh, scoffs you see, and like... I, maybe it was because Violent was so bland, but I love his little fight with Catlia in episode three, where they're just like, I can't believe you've done this. Why would you do this? Hey, weren't mm. you two fighting? Oh, yeah, we were. <laughs> like, because... Did you? Oh, my goodness. They've got character. Mm, I know, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I feel I, like... I, I get why he can be annoying. I, I find found him annoying. I found that whole thing a bit annoying because I felt like... They, they're trying so hard to be deep and meaningful. And the character, if you, if you, you co- again, it's, it's having it both ways, isn't it? Like, if you're going to go along this deep, hurt, sort of emotionally detached character that, you know, can't accept her own emotions. And then I guess you could say it's the, the le- adds levity to the, to the show to bring you out of that a little bit. But mm. I still think it needs to be believable. And I just didn't really buy into that there little tiff um yeah thought- it, it does feel like it's from a completely different show almost it, it's yeah a, a lot more exaggerated than anything else that we've seen so far like well the comedy catalia is is very exaggerated in all the right <laughs> places good lord and that's kind of our, our main source of sketchy etchy here outside mm. of a brief changing scene in uh yeah, with yeah, with Benedict, uh, where we see more of Violet's horribly scarred body, but mm. yeah, Catlia is. Oh my goodness, they are weapons grade. The <laughs> Did you watch this in dub or sub? Uh, I watched it in sub. Ah, interesting. I I had the sub on. I'm assuming it's the original sub on Netflix because it was different to the dub. So, mm. so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I watched it in both technically. <laughs> How was the dub? Was it all just American or did they give like, did they go for accents or anything? Because it's quite European based. Yeah. Did they go um, for anything? It's a good question. I feel like it was American accents. Um, I didn't really clock. Um, yeah, I'm going to say American. Don't quote me on that. But um, the dub itself, I didn't, uh, the whole thing, I think it was more the script than the dub. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like the... The, I didn't feel like it landed. I didn't. I thought it was. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, the, I didn't think the comedy landed. I thought it was mistimed. Mm. Yeah, I didn't f- feel like the comedy landed. Um, well, there was there, there was just little bits that I, was, I could tell they were trying to be funny, like the brawl in the restaurant because um, the blonde kid, uh, strandy hair dude, says something blunt about the girl and um our oh, yeah yeah lieutenant hodgins gets a little bit like oh you always trying to be i was trying to be discreet or whatever and he's like and they start having a little slappy thing and a little just... scrap yeah and it's 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 quite weirdly edited as well there i feel yeah i feel like a lot it, of it's, it's weirdly edited like 
there's a bit in episode three and, I, and yeah the editing in general i feel like sometimes there's a lot of cuts to characters being apart it's almost like it reminds me of coronation street um when covid hit and they had to film everything socially distanced and then like splice it together so they looked a lot closer and they did a really good job of it all the soaks were doing it because they had to they wanted to keep running yeah so there's bits where like people would be stood further away from each other mid-conversation and i don't know someone will come up come out and say that it was artistic choice to show the distance between the characters but fuck oh it was God, confusing metaphors how do they yeah. work um and there's a bit um when in the in episode three i think when mm-hmm. we had the whole backstory we had the whole thing with iris oh, is it uh, I- no erica erica yeah where she's with her brother about the no that was luke luculia oh yeah 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 sorry yeah no it's not erica that's luke uh yeah luculia 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 i don't know yeah because yeah, she and she's she, telling this story to Violet uh, about all the woes and troubles that she's going through because her brother's a vet, he's lost his leg, and uh, he's now turned to alcoholism in order to kind of cope. And in the interim, it's cutting to the brother getting into fights, getting like beaten up, and drinking himself into a stupor. But all of this is set over the top of her narration and it keeps cutting back to the two of them sitting there just in the classroom next to a typewriter okay that fucking classroom scene right she goes oh i'm here right so they've they've graduated they've finished they're done right the classroom's abandoned no one's there and luculia just happens to be that for some reason um violet goes there like she's already uh, why She's already Why? failed. She's already failed. She Laculia confronts her in the classroom and says, "I knew you'd come back here." That's not. That, no, you didn't. It's what do you creepy. mean you knew? Why? First of all, how did you know she was going to come back? You barely know this girl. She's shown no emotional depth whatsoever. You have no idea where she's going to go or what she's going to do. Second of all, you didn't know when she was going to come back. You're just going to stand there for weeks on end until she decides to turn up. Like, you just happen to be, oh, it's just the next day or what? Like, how did you know she was going to be here? No, bollocks. And they just pass by. Oh, I knew you were going to be here. What, you got the force? She's sixth sense it? What? I don't know. What Did she know where the key was kept as well? Did she ask for permission to come into the classroom afterwards? Or yeah, like? both of you are trespassing. But in, in my eyes, you are fundamentally criminals. lawbreakers and sh- yeah and criminals you should be punished um okay this the is the fullest extent of the law i hear that that's execution in this time yeah well actually it's funny you should mention that because you want to hear my theory of the my outlandish theory of the week i would love to hear your outlandish theory of the week please do tell me okay so this is okay hear me out this oh, is this, <laughs> I, this... Always, like, I see the twinkle in your eye <laughs> I know that some bullshit's about to go down. Please Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, this is a prequel to Angels of Death. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, Violet, she, she loses her mind when she finds out that, uh, the major is dead. She goes around and she kills everyone. She kills all of the clients of this, re- oh of this, um, what's it no, called? Violet. Post office. And then she gets put into the labyrinth where the people that she's um, ruined their lives. She's told she's like um, 
mate like a lieutenant what's he called lieutenant hodgins and stuff who who sort of wanted to help but now his career and life has been ruined because of her actions torment her in this hellhole of a tower and (laughs) yeah you've got like the doctor there that is probably just um lieutenant hodgins but gone mad and yeah has a longer tongue and that's where the that's how the typewriter links in because obviously the typewriter that's what made me think of it as like another fucking typewriter that's the only thing that she can remember maybe uh what was the girl's name from angels of death i don't know it was something really really like english wanna die girl wanna die girl maybe wanna die girl is violet's uh child from later because they are both blonde and have very blue eyes very very aryan and she's come go. back to finish what her mother started. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's my uh, hot That's take of the week. Of the week. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Um, where do you want to go next? I, actually, what do you think of the um, the the training arc of Violets? Because I actually quite liked the story of uh, Lucilia's brother. Like, I I couldn't help but feel for the guy. Because obviously, like, it's a story that resonates pretty much the world over in terms of he's done something, he's seen terrible things in, in war, he's come back, he's disillusioned, he's turned to the bottle, he's become addicted. And to see him when he gets the letter... Even mm. though the okay, side tangent from that mm. bullshit is that letter getting her that excellence pin. But we'll yeah. get back to that. Mm. <laughs> but seeing his reaction, and I do agree. Like sometimes it does just take a nice little simple word to reach out to somebody and to convey what you want to say. So I thought that was nice. I think that the way in which it went about was muddied, but it was a good moment, and it was nice to see him and his sister going and looking at that. Um, sunset view again gorgeous another gorgeous scene because the way that they again the lighting the beautiful background arc art the beautiful background art yeah lovely but what did you what did you think of it because this is you coming in completely fresh i knew that this was coming up what did you i think i was just a bit jaded by the the, the negatives at this by this point um look i can't knock that story i think you're right it is quite uh it is it's told the world round everyone sort of can appreciate it even if they don't fully understand it you know i'm not going to pretend that like i've gone through anything like that or know of anyone who has gone through that i'm very fortunate but yeah we can appreciate the seriousness of that content but i, I just i just think by this point there was a, there, there was some weird jarring moments that between the timeline that sort of made me go wait how's he beat her home when he's crippled and they were both heading home anyway. And then she's like expecting him to be there, but then is surprised that he's passed out. Um, I don't know. I think from a storytelling point of view, it is just shoehorned in there to give a reason for um, Violet to get her pin. And my, my expectation is that we never see him again. And it was, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it could be a whole story on its own. I'd love to see like his story, maybe, but as as a tool as a as a tool for this narrative, I felt a bit sort of numb to it. It was just sort of like, okay, great, um, yeah, yeah. So not 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 really a big fan. Um, 
And again, it's that it's that we all love the protagonist cliche with Lu- Lucilia or Luculia in, in in the first place. Just as soon as Violet stands up in the room, she's like enamored with her, and it's like, oh, yeah. this person is clearly very curious, and I'm very interested in her, and she's obviously misunderstood, um, and I'm going to help her. Um, and it's like, I okay, fix her. yeah. She's a fi- she's a bit of a fixer upper. <laughs> yeah, I think you you crystallized very well there. I one of my biggest issues with this show is that it handles all these quite heavy themes, but they don't and and it might just be me, it might just be because of like the kinds of media that I've consumed or whatever, but I don't feel like the fact that she's a child soldier doesn't seem to get a lot of play and doesn't seem to be as serious as it's made out obviously it is serious because it's had all these effects on her but like with the scenes when we see her fighting or like oh yeah whatever i'm just like oh that's a really nice piece of action animation is it it, i don't i don't really feel the impact i don't know whether that's a lack of soundboarding or whatever but it does i don't really feel like it's it's some flowing movements and stuff but i didn't really feel Mm. it and and it was very brief. It was so. Well. It was again, so I don't brief. Feel like this is a child doing these things, and I'm not shocked. I'm not like no. And I'm not saying like I need to see awful things because and <laughs> there's a there's a moment where we see like her, again her final days as a soldier, and it's supposed to be this absolutely horrible scene. And <laughs> yeah, it shows off. how her yeah, and it's like <laughs> I I I'm sorry, but I I laughed. Yeah, like just a thud just, on the just floor. See it's... This, yeah, we just see the arm just go. <laughs> no context. There. So she's just got no arms. And then she tries to bite the guy to pick him up. And that's a that's bit sort right. of like, oh, okay. But, okay. And he just tells her to leave her there. But I, I feel like the emphasis is just being put in the wrong place a lot of the time. I think it's being so shoehorned onto this narrative of she's going to become this, what they called, uh, writing girls, um, auto memories dolls. Which is such stupid a weird, name. stupid name. And it's like, oh, we call them dolls because, and she just cuts her off like, uh, because it's abbreviation of auto memories dolls. It's like, I could tell that from the first time I heard it. It's like, yeah. Shut up. I mean, like, first of all, the explanation <laughs> up, isn't up, really needed. <laughs> but uh, again, it's a very bizarre setup though, right? It's so With, bizarre. Why? Uh, you've got these ghost writers who are doing the letter writing for you. Hmm. And I get that maybe, like, they mentioned that there's the illiteracy rate. And I thought that um, Hodgins' memory doll thing was unique. I thought it was like, oh, he set this up because there wasn't access to the military service. But there's clearly an academy to go and train to be a memory doll. Mm, Yeah. They work in other places. So Mm. how long has the postal system been in operation? Like, Hodgins hires... Okay, so here's my my theory. Um, Okay. I think it, I think it goes back to when you know, like, you think back to medieval times and 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 post medieval stuff when like only the monks and stuff could write. You would they 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 were the only ones that could read or write. They and and I think it's sort of like the the merging to, together of that time and modern times where like they've monetized anything to do with scribing. So they're basically just fancy scribes. So it, they talk about the author that came up with it because his or the 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 husband of an author. She was writing books. She went blind. So he created a typewriter to be able to, so she could still write. So I think like mm-hmm. 
I think it's be- I think the business is booming now for the letter writing industry because that's that's booming off because of the war. But before that, there would have always been these scribes that did things like right. con- contracts and business arrangements and mm-hmm. receipts and all of these sort of things that you need to write um, on a day to day basis. Books and and letters and pamphlets and stuff like that. Although, who's reading went. them? Holy if, shit. No, that it, makes a really good point. If they can't write... <laughs> we just... Wait, what the fuck? Have we just broken Violet Evergarden? Do we need ghost readers as well? <laughs> what? Yeah. What on earth? You'd figure... You'd think that if you could read... I mean, that's not true. We know that, you know, reading is a different skill yeah. to writing to a certain extent. But they... You'd think they're, that they're pretty close hand in hand. Yeah, you'd think that if you could read and you could speak, you could articulate closely enough what you wanted to say. But then I guess maybe you want a professional to do it better because they do sort of take their words and make them mm, and more, more flower flamboyant. them up, and, flower them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll let it pass. But it's definitely something that, to think that's about. That's a very interesting <laughs> idea. Yeah, I don't know how illiterate these people really are. Hmm. I sense <laughs> capitalism afoot. But yeah, the whole concept, right? You've got this war machine with robotic arms, and you oh, make yeah, we, her. We've not even touched on the robot arms yet, right? And you make her become a typist. Like, I just feel like I want to see, and I, maybe it's just a subversion of expectations. Let's put her in this really mundane, ex- mundane world and see how she fits into society but i don't want to see that personally <laughs> i want to see the war her kicking ass not just a glimpse of it i want to see her kicking ass and defeating the bad guys and then like mm. having this relationship build with this like you imagine you you show the war you show her get recruited you show instead of through flashbacks you show that whole arc and it becomes this gritty sort of war sci-fi world and then at the end of season two the major dies and she has to be thrown into Mm. society then you give a shit then you care about this character i completely agree and i would even go a step further so you you wouldn't even need a whole season i don't think to establish that i think you could get away with maybe three episodes maybe even less if you had a really good setup episode where we see why violet is the way that she is we see her fighting we get all that bombastic Badass action, and then I think you know. I think you say that knowing what you know about what this show is going for. But you, you, you change the purpose of the show to a war show, and then have that twist where the main love interest dies. That's a hell of a like. It is season I finale. Agree. It would like, be incredible, but I don't think that you'd be able to maintain that level of like the the level of production that mm. this show goes for. I don't think you could maintain that level of action for 12 episodes. But dude, I do think that if dude, have you ever seen a war film? Like, it's not all action. You have those, like... True, you've got the down moments. We could see her, like, in the barracks and not socialising with everybody. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's, like, every, every show there's five minutes of violence and then just 15 minutes of her sat in a corner just <laughs> holding staring at the wall. Staring, yeah, just staring at the wall. Eating some spam. <laughs> This episode sponsored by Spam. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't know, does Spam have a jingle? I, don't, I couldn't tell you. 
Um, are we basically done here? Do you want to wrap up by talking about OP and ED? Uh, yeah, I mean, did that? when did that come in? <laughs> when did we get the OP and ED? Because I feel like the first so, two episodes we didn't have anything. So we got the ED at the end of episode two. Okay. But we only got the OP for episode three. Three, yeah. Um, I'll keep my opinions very quick. The song was all right. The visuals were all right. But by the time it kicked in, I was already a bit done with the show. Um, the ED, I liked more the visuals because I thought I liked the cool silhouettes with the neon colorings. Um, yeah, and that was very good. The star visuals at the beginning were quite nice. Um, and the song was all right for an ED. I thought it was quite good. So the music... Really? I didn't like the ED. Oh, song. didn't you? I thought it was... It, the singer was really nasally. Uh, I felt okay. like it was very kind of... I don't know, up there in high pitch and, and mm. not great. The visuals, I agree, were quite nice. Cool. Yeah. Uh, an OP, yeah. I, I, I prefer the OP in terms of like the song. But again, I think the visuals, I don't know, lots of backgrounds. Um, yeah. And, only a but, few but, 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 and good God, there's so much wind in those clothes and hair. <laughs> <laughs> but when, you, but when, when the show's main, um, I don't know, redeeming quality is the animation... The animation of the OP is still pretty nice, isn't it? It's it's good yeah, colors. Exactly. It's it's nice artwork and stuff. So they're they're doing what yeah. they know works, and they're they're sticking to their skill set, I guess. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of nice bits of animation, there's only like the uh, the standout highlight for me is that moment where she learns how to type, and you see her kind of like pull up her sleeves, and she's like fiddling with the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, them. okay, this is becoming more mecha. This I can get good. this. I can get into this. Yeah, let's see how oh, else Lord. she can she can what's the word uh like tweak her her arms to make them do amazingly cool things. Um and she does. Like she hammers out like she starts typing so fast. She does. Like I love the fact that she like tightens up the knobs and and, and those things must have been an absolute nightmare to animate. Mm. And we that's why she wears gloves all the time. It's like <laughs> okay, we've made it we've made a mistake. <laughs> Get the gloves on. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I did want to point out again, just a criticism of the narrative in this. Um, mm-hmm. In episode two, she writes a letter because this woman comes to her or comes to the pair of them, her and Iris, I think, and says, oh, I need God. to write a letter to uh, my this guy who's chasing me. Uh, I want to play a bit hard to get. I want to play a bit coy. And I want to see if he'll fight for me, basically. So can you write me a, a letter that sort of insinuates that? Play coy and stuff. And she's like, I'll do it. Um, Iris is feeling a little bit embarrassed because she's been shunned by the previous customer. but And she's not but, really got any experience with love and stuff like that. She's, she's not kind of sure. Yeah, but Viola is a robot who hasn't had any experience and doesn't know the first thing about this. And it, she's not actually working there in that role yet. She's supposed oh, yeah. to be shadowing. She's supposed to be shadowing. Her first day. It's her first day on the job, and she's like, "I'll do it. I'll write the letter." That sounds like a that. This sounds like a seems like a perfect idea. This could never go wrong. And she writes this goddamn awful letter that gets sent to this guy, and the woman comes back and complains, rightly so, because it just sounds crap. Did nobody check? Right. Did nobody, did nobody like. Proof this is the free? point. Iris didn't check. What the hell are you doing as her mentor? <laughs> what the hell is uh, Tits McGee doing? Like, just letting her send out letters left, right, and centre. Like, this surely should not have even left the table. 
Like, this is awful business practices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to the big three questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh, um, before we move on, can we just also acknowledge the fact that when she first types very quickly, everyone's like, ooh, what's going on here? She's typing very quickly. And the, um, the owner asks her, Cat- Catalia says, can you just type quieter? Like, she's got big metal clunking down. arms. Like, uh, That's ableist. Yeah, it, it, that. it kind of is. It's like, no, I can't. I'm typing with alloy fingers. Like, what do you want me to do? It's like typing with a Fiat 500. I can't make it any quieter. Mate, if you could type with a Fiat 500, <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad. I'd just be sitting there slack Jordan impressed. Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> Let's get into it. Well, it's time for our big three questions. These are the questions that we ask of every show or movie or whatever that comes our way. And it's basically three questions to decide if this is a show that is good enough to show to a complete noob, a complete novice, somebody who's not watched anime before. We think about its concept and how it is executed. We think about whether there are any major turnoffs. And we also think about compelability and watchability. Do we want to watch more? Will, first question, Mm. concept and execution. What do you think? I don't like the concept in its um in its pure form. I think there's elements of it that I really like, but I just think mm-hmm. they've they've again I guess it links to execution, but I, I I think they've just tried to do too much. Um and try and the emphasis is in completely the wrong place. I'd love to see like I said, I'd love to see her backstory and I'd love I'd love to emphasize on her adjusting to this world in a way that actually develops her character and not just mm. shoehorned in there in as a stepping stone for her to come to the conclusion that the mage is dead and then we, we might get some decent story where she moves on um mm. it feels like that's what it's waiting for it's just waiting for her to find out that the mage is dead and then we can get on with our lives and she get the plot moving yeah um it's got some interesting elements like, I like the mechanical arms, <laughs> even though I question how she survived without, with blood loss. Yeah, two when she, arms and yeah. bleeding out. And she's also covered in cuts and bruises. From and seem, other seems, things, yeah. seems to be in, abandoned in some sort of tunnel. And like, sure, seems to have more fatal injuries than the major himself. Yet the major doesn't survive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she, she somehow does survive. I guess her legs work, so... She just runs off or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so there's some interesting elements. But for me, the whole focus on the typewriting stuff, they try and make it more entertaining. They they try these little, you know, training arcs and stuff. But again, I'm just like, no one a- shall be seated for the Violet Evergarden training arc. <laughs> <laughs> Typewriters at the ready, boys. Here we go. Yeah. Didn't like it. And yeah, not good enough. What about you? I think conceptually, I like the idea of a post-war recovery story. I just don't think that it was executed in the right way. That's not to say the technical execution wasn't good because it was outstanding. Some of the best I think we've seen. Mm. I just feel like the story and the choice of character 
attached to this concept let it down so well, you know what we haven't um, really discussed which um is is the wider sort of realm of this is it based on manga is it what what's the what's the the sort of um zeitgeist around this surrounding violet evergarden it was a series of four light novels initially before being adapted by kyoto animation and this is basically turned into one of their biggest hitters okay um it has the 13 episode core uh that came out there was a unaired episode that they released with the blu-ray set then they had a side story that came out uh which was essentially just a movie set in this universe and then finally this year a new movie just came out uh, within the past few months hmm. which did reasonable numbers nothing outstanding nothing on the same scale as my hero academia or um hathaway hmm. but respectable numbers and all the more so because of the tragic um, Kyoto Animation uh, incident that happened, the arson that killed a number of the members of staff. Like the film coming out has kind of served as this big beacon of hope and kind of the passion of all the people in the industry kind of rising together to come back and to keep producing the things that they love. And despite that, I, I didn't vibe with it. <laughs> it's yeah. it's amazing to to watch and to look at, but. I think if the source material that you're drawing from, if the original light novels follow the same kind of path, like you can throw all the money and production time and love at this piece of work as you can. And a lot of people have gotten a lot from it and have empathized with it a lot more. But for me, I don't see the hype that everybody else sees. Yeah. I see the flaws that we've discussed across this episode. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess when we move into turnoffs, it's those things, isn't it? It's the narrative that mm. doesn't really seem to land some of the... I mean, again, we didn't really talk much about it, but the dialogue, I think, is a bit stilted, a bit sort of... Yeah, um, even in the sub, you can tell. Yeah, hit and miss. Um, yeah, d- didn't particularly get along with the backstory elements i thought they didn't really land the imp- with the impact that they needed to and the whole reveal that the majors the majors not coming back at the end of episode two it's like we know this like mm-hmm. don't don't show the um subtle i say subtle they're not subtle because the, they zoom in on them like the the reactions to her questions and the avoidance tactics it's pretty clear that the major isn't with us anymore and mm-hmm. then you sort of do this bar scene where they reveal that he's not coming back and it's like well yeah we we, we know that's not a big reveal yeah, we get it i understand reading comprehension please <laughs> like if you're going to try if you're going to make the rest of it try to be quite heady and deal with heavy subjects please respect me as a viewer to, th- to figure out that i don't need you to word for word explain that he is dead and again it's um, that overemphasis again respecting the viewer that we don't need her to constantly butt into every conversation and show her um obnoxiousness and sort of well not it's it's, it's, it's unintentional it's, it's unintentional naivety. it's unintentional obnoxiousness she's just yeah. saying what she thinks and not really filtering anything um and it's it, it's mm. just yet yeah, we get it um let's it's, it reminds me of um angels of death again in that regard where it's just beating us over the head with, again tar- trying to target those big issues and those big major yeah. you know um like topics big points. themes yeah and um 
but then beating us over the head with the fact that there's been a promise made and that she wants to die. Um, <laughs> it's all linked, dude. It's all linked. This is the, uh, the it's all canon. Yeah. <laughs> it's the expanded universe. Or the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> the expan- expanded universe. Oh my God. There's something there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the biggest turnoff and the thing that this show lives or dies by is whether you get on board with Violet as a character. Like, if you can, I don't even think empathize is the right word, but if you can understand her situation and you want to see how she moves forward, however painstakingly slow that may be, yeah. then you're going to get a lot more out of this show than people who, like us, I suppose, who just really want to see some form of growth. And I feel it's not too bashy to say that I wanted to see her like respond to something i wanted to see her like even just a bite of food um somebody saying something nice to her to elicit some reaction because i I did psychology as a degree for university Mm. and those basic needs if met can stimulate some of the most powerful responses and emotional responses in people and there was nothing there and i felt that was I know that you're trying to go for the trauma angle and the child soldier and the emotionless doll thing. And I feel without properly explaining that and showing that it's just that step too unrealistic Mm. for a lead character to be like, by the way, can we just acknowledge the humble flex that you, uh, Oh, I did psychology at university. (laughs) Psychology at university. (laughs) Yes. I can read your mind from across, from across the realms (laughs) of the podcast universe. Just call me Darren Brown. Um, Right. <laughs> and, uh, he, oh, yeah. And you will be sharing this podcast with everybody, uh, all your friends and everything. Um, can I, can I just point out something that, I've, that is probably very obvious to, um, you and a lot of people? But you know, the, the dog that he gives her. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've only just seen the first three, but that is, that, to me, that's just, that's so shoehorned in there. It was so weird that they put that there. And then they keep showing the dog on the floor. That's just to give her some sort of, emotional attachment isn't it so that we can constantly refer to the dog as this symbol of kindness throughout these episodes because it keeps just, l- just looking at the dog on the fl- in, on the floor in the room and it's like mm. what oh so it's this item that she really cares about well no it's not he just made her choose a teddy at the beginning of episode one it's like choose a cuddly toy for no reason whatsoever like what do we get any sort of payoff to why he made her choose one that's the character arc I want to follow. I want to follow the emotional arc of this doll that's been like left on the floor each time. Because it's a doll, Will. Do you get it? Do you get it? It's a doll. Do you understand? Do you get the metaphor? Ooh. It's a doll. It's so deep. It's a, it's a doll that's been left behind. She is the doll. Oh. oh. Yo. Yeah. I mean, yes, there is, mm. but it's in the most like, you know exactly what's going to happen. When you see that like, the doll's been neglected and like where, where the arc that this character is supposed to be taking, but it takes such a long time to get there. Okay. Like, Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So it's not getting in, right? It's not getting in the universe. Yeah. 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 I had such high hopes. I was really expecting this to be one of those really sort of well-written shows with wonderful animation that I could go, yes, show this to a noob. They'll fall in love with this deep story or show like attack on titan and like those big hitters where you can sort of really feel the depth of the world um and you just don't and it's just shame yeah, yeah. the world building here mm. there's attempts at it like you see some blown out bridges and we see like 
bits and pieces, but we really don't really get a feel for the city at all. Like, I have no idea about the geography of this entire place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Okay, so, Bad, sorry. Some would say. <laughs> <laughs> some might say. We would say. You don't have to. Form your own opinions. Um, and at Sam. Um, so, Violet, Violet Evergarden, you have not done enough, unfortunately, despite the fantastic animation, to get into the Anniverse. Um, but, you know, good effort, I guess. Um, Sam, we're going to move into Slice of yes. Life in a minute. Uh, where can, I'm, I'm going to throw this in your direction. Where can people find us if they want to uh, hit us up with suggestions and um, open the discussion, I guess? Oh my goodness. Well, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook and even contact us by Gmail. Uh, we are Gateway to the Anniverse on all of those things and we are Gateway to the Anniverse at gmail.com if you'd like to send us an email. Agreeing, disagreeing, starting a discussion, suggesting an episode, any and all of those things you can do by getting in touch with us. Our DMs are also open on Twitter and on Instagram if you'd like to fire us a message. And we often run polls and other things on our Instagram stories that you guys have been engaging with. So, yeah, reach out, say hey. Brilliant. Um, I think with that, we're well, good to go. Uh, Sam, I've got another question for you. Let's oh, let's say we, let, let's say we've got someone who's listened to an episode and they're like, I really like this. I'd love to listen to their backlog, but I just don't have the time to listen to full hour and a half episodes. Is there anywhere they can find some sort of condensed version? I don't know, like the high a highlight reel of the episodes that they might be able to get through all of our shows in a more condensed what? form. One oddly specific question you've asked me there, well, well, if you actually look underneath your desk, you will find a uh, piece of paper. A box. If you take that piece of paper, you'll find... <laughs> open the box. Inside the box is a piece of paper. And you read that piece of paper, you will find a URL. You put that URL into your web browser and you will get sent to Anniverse Highlights. And that is our Highlights YouTube channel where you can Brilliant. go and get a condensed version of all of our podcast episodes as they are getting edited and uploaded by the wonderful Perry Cloudrenalyn mm. as he works his way through our backlog to give you the best bits of the Anniverse. Brilliant. Okay, guys, we're going to talk about um, our week, just have a little bit of a catch-up, non-Violet Evergarden related. So um, if we don't see you in the slice in our slice of life, we'll see you next week in the Anniverse. <laughs> Welcome to episode 15 of Shit You Didn't Know and Now You Do. So this one's genuinely earth-shattering to me. It appears that because of 3D printing, scientists can now email tools to the International Space Station just by sending the designs to the printer that's already up there and it prints the tools right there and then. That's crazy. You know what, Well, I am so glad that somebody else has the same opinion of Violet Evergarden that I do. <laughs> because I have been out here since 2018 thinking that I am the only person in the world who thought that it was not good ah okay yeah i mean i did i did feel like i was expecting uh, like i say i was expecting more and i thought going into it i was like okay this is going to be huge but unfortunately it just didn't really have what I, what, I, what i wanted from a from a show of this caliber um but hey what uh, what have you been up to this week have you been watching anything new have you been uh yeah what's, what's been what's been tickling your taste buds this week Tickling my taste buds this week. Well, actually, I did eat four Indians, no, three Indians in a row last week. So that was, what was specifically <laughs> three Indians and an Italian. Um. <laughs> but uh, in terms of things that I've been watching and reading, um, I did decide to check out uh, Candy Flurry and Hunter's Guild Red Hood, two 
Shonen Jump manga that unfortunately uh, were cancelled. Red Hood's last chapter is tomorrow at the time of recording and Candy Flory was cancelled a few weeks ago. Um, I thought I'd try them out just because I want to see why they were cancelled and to kind of get that feel for... um, Because you're a glut of punishment. I am a little bit, you know, I feel <laughs> often when I look back on my anime watching history, I look at all the things that I've given like a six out of 10 or a five out of 10. And I'm like, man, I watched a lot of just bang average anime. <laughs> but I do then feel like when that 10 out of 10 comes along and something just hits you just so well mm. that it's worth it. And yes. I feel like I've got a much more rounded experience. Well, that's why, um, that's why we're doing this show because you do all the legwork and then you just fling things at me that I can just get into and leave and just be like, yeah, I'm going to keep on with that. I'm not going to keep on with that because I'm the complete opposite. I need, I need, I need quality. If it, if it doesn't take my interest, I ain't watching anymore. Um, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my one piece journey has been continuing. Good. I'm now at the two equivalent. Piece. Sorry. Two pi- <laughs> I've, I've reached the sequel, the three piece chicken bucket. <laughs> That that would be so good if they did that. Like every season, it was just one piece, two piece, three piece, and a, and a side of fries, four four piece side of fries, and a coke. If you get the seven piece, then you get the lucky number, and you get to buy one get one free. Like like the ultimate is like the family bucket. <laughs> His pirate quest for chicken. Yeah. I'd be into it. I'd watch it. Uh, but yeah, I've reached a approximately the halfway point in the series so about episode 500 uh in equivalence leading to episode 1000 drops very soon to the time that this podcast uh goes live oh wow so i'm not going to catch up in time but no, I get no that would be impressive <laughs> <laughs> but i will be uh on my way to being one of those weirdos who watches one piece week to week so brilliant yeah that's what I've been up to this week. How about you, Will? Anything that you've been watching, reading, listening? Um, ah, okay. Um, I've started um, a new book because I finished... Oh, God. Right. This is so fucking annoying and really embarrassing for anyone who's been... For, for me, uh, because anyone who's been listening knows that I've been reading Death Note, the manga, and I've been using the mm-hmm. reading the Black Edition. And I was convinced at the end of the third one, I would have my climax. And it isn't. <laughs> so I've got to buy the fourth one to get my payoff. And that because it just made sense that that would be the end of the first arc if there was 12 and this would be the end of the sixth volume. But it's volume, it's volume seven is the... It must be, yeah. yeah. It happens. Yeah. yeah. So it's a shorter second it's arc. It's ingrained in my brain. Right. Well, you haven't... You, you've never told me this. <laughs> I've been like expecting the end of uh volume six to be to be the big moment and it's very close that's the annoying thing because it's he's just um we've just had um he's just about to get the death note back um mm. we've just had the porsche crash and yes yeah. oh matt i didn't know the japanese police were allowed to carry such big guns <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that that was really disappointing and sort of like i just could taste it and i wanted it but um i'm gonna have to order the um the fourth black note edition this is all part of my uh, master plan Mm. make sure that you get the get the fourth edition and then be like oh well i've started the next story well yeah that's the annoying thing it's gonna it's gonna have to 
I'm going to have to. I, I, I'm going to get all six anyway. I've got to complete the collection. I, I can't mean, leave it. They do look gorgeous as well. Yeah, they are cool. Um, so I've started a new book since then, which is called The War of the Poppies or The Poppy War. I think it's The Poppy War. The Poppy War. It's okay. um, It's got loads of great reviews. Um and i'm really excited i think you'd love it i'll tell you i'll let you know when i've when i've finished it whether i think you'll like it it's based the the blurb and the premise is about this young girl who goes it's in um china i think um mm-hmm. but it's it's a fantasy um uh, but basically she it, it's really grounded sort of like um low power levels from so far like nothing magical or anything fan- fantasy has happened yet but basically she's got into this elite university and she's gone to train and she's from like a poor background, but it's to do with like shonenism and like, apparently she'll, she's going to like harness the powers of the gods and like use that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I, I think it, I think it sounds pretty, pretty dope. So I'm, I'm excited to sort of see how that plays out and um, I'll let you know. It sounds very cool. Yeah. With poppies, I imagine opium's not far behind. Oh, the, the, especially uh, page, page page one um, was like her her teacher. <laughs> her, she 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 was adopted adopted after the first poppy war, and she was adopted. Basically, the refugees of the the second no the second poppy war had to be taken in by um, citizens of the of the country, and so basically they got told you need to take this child, and she got taken in by this family, and they are opium farmers addicts or, uh, no they, farmers, they they're, they're, they're the they're the drug dealers basically and they sort of sell oh. sell the opium i think i think it's opium it's, yeah um and her that does sound right my, mm-hmm. her teacher's addicted to it so she like pays him in opium. she steals it off her anyway yeah spoilers but like it's very early on in the story anyway but um yeah, yeah. it's good so that far. does sound right up my street because mm. i love low power magic worlds like worlds where the magic is enough to be kind of fantastical but not enough to just be like altering the laws of reality kind of stuff dude you need to read the name of the wind you need to read the name of the wind it is so that it's so it's so good name of the wind like it's got rules around it's got rules around it it's got like it's based on like you can feel the um the physics and the science working behind it like there's calculations they have to make to use it it's really oh it's fucking insane Okay, I'm on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Name of the Wind. Yeah. Patrick Roth. Well, that, that is a very cool uh, cover art. Yeah. Mate, it's dope. Name of the Wind. English edition. Don't get it in Japanese. No. I get the paperback. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I can't wait to be able to talk to you about Name of the Wind. It's so good. I think I think it's my favourite ever How many books are there? Series. There are three, the fourth. There's, there's two and then there's what they call like a mini one like a, a short one Come like on. a novella yes a novella there's a novella and then i think the third final one of the trilogy will be coming out uh at some point i'm not sure i think it's still in the works okay excellent well i've been looking for something to fill the witcher themed uh hole in my heart mm, yes. since last year so this might just be it yeah excellent awesome mate all right well uh brilliant i've got a new name of the window um and i recommend everyone else goes listen goes listens to it i've got the audiobook as well so i do listen to it so uh listen to it read it do what you want um but recommend all right we'll see everybody next week um in the anniverse nice one okay see you later, guys yeah. very subdued end to the show just, bye just, 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 <laughs> just a left turn out of the podcast <laughs>